Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Julius Fair's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 10th of January, and my name is Helen Freer. I'm an investment writer, and on today's show, I'm happy to be joined by our chief economist, David Cole. It'll be great to get his thoughts on some of the latest data that's come out. And then Irene Sekaridou, one of our fixed income analysts, will be giving us her thoughts on the latest situation in Brazil. But I'll kick things off first with a quick roundup of the latest market news. So there was a bit of a mixed picture in markets yesterday. In Europe, almost all of the major indices gained. The Eurostox 50 index closed the day up 1.3%. And US markets also started positively, but then we had some hawkish comments from Fed officials, and that dampened the mood a bit. The San Francisco Fed president, Mary Daly, said that she expects the central bank to raise interest rates to somewhere above the 5% mark. And then from Atlanta, Raphael Bostic said that policymakers should hike to above 5% by early in Q2 and then go on hold for a long time. So a bit disappointing for any investors hoping for the aggressive rate hikes to fade away. And people will now look ahead to Thursday's inflation report from the US to see what we can read into those numbers. So the Dow Jones ended up closing slightly down and the S&P 500 was broadly unchanged. Within the S&P, healthcare detracted from returns, while the tech sector was the biggest contributor to returns. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite Index rose by 0.6% over the day. That's its second day of gains, and it was helped particularly by Tesla, which rallied 6% yesterday. Yields fell in yesterday's US trading session, but are up slightly in overnight trading sessions, the 10-year yield rising to 3.54%. And in commodities, oil fell on the back of concerns around tighter U.S. monetary policy, which seemed to outweigh any optimism about a recovery in demand from China. Tokyo's inflation figure for December came in at 4%. That's the first time it has reached that level since 1982. And this, of course, might fuel more speculation that the Bank of Japan will adjust their policy again. Netherlands CPI inflation came out earlier at 11% for December year on year, and Denmark's CPI for December just out a few minutes ago was 8.7% also year on year. And in terms of economic data still to come today then, we will get industrial production numbers for countries including France and Spain and UK BRC retail sales figures. There'll be more central bank commentary today as the Fed Chair Jerome Powell is among policymakers who will speak at the Riksbank Symposium in Stockholm. In other news, Microsoft is reportedly considering investing as much as $10 billion in OpenAI, which is the creator of the artificial intelligence bot ChatGPT. And looking at Asia this morning then, there's a mixed picture in Asian markets so far today with equities fluctuating there as investors consider the hawkish comments from the Fed officials and also look ahead to the US inflation data on Thursday. And futures this morning were down across Europe and the US when I looked a few minutes ago. So that's all from me for today, but let's move on to you now, David. US jobs and European inflation figures are among the latest data that we've seen. What do these latest figures tell us? Good morning, Helen. And obviously, these are the, the most important figures from the economic side and also for financial markets because they tell us so much about um, if central banks, including the hawkish comments from the Fed, uh, will really deliver uh, on this on this hawkish side of more interest rate hikes. Starting with the uh, U.S. labor market, 
Yeah, definitely. There have been upside surprise that still so many jobs are being created. Uh, so you might conclude there's more work to do from the Fed to to um, to slow the economy. At the same time, we see like under the surface of like uh, this uh, 223,000 new jobs that there is uh, that the that the tightness in the U.S. labor market is uh, indeed easing. And you see that mostly when you look at hours worked, for example, they have declined. When you look at temporary jobs, have rather increased, uh, and uh, also overtime, uh, in particularly in the manufacturing space, this is easing. So these are all like leading indicators that uh, the labor market in the U.S. that this tightness, that's enormous tightness of the labor market in the U.S. will easing. And then most important, and this is the link uh, to really Fed policy, uh, if there is really more work to do. Is what's happening on the wage front. There had been always uh, the fear uh, that higher prices will trigger higher wages and higher wages will trigger higher prices. Uh, so this indicator is uh, carefully looked at. And here we had the, the true surprise uh, that uh, wages are actually not accelerating at the, at even more speed uh, than we have seen before. Uh, but the growth rate is declining. The months on months uh, growth rate has been declining. And not only that, also some downwards revision of past numbers uh, show uh, that there's uh, not that much uh, wage pressure as feared. So as a conclusion, we think that um, uh, from the labor market report, uh, overall, there should be less fear, actually, of a price wage spiral. Uh, and uh, this would actually allow the Fed uh, not to follow up uh, on this hawkish comments. We stick so far uh, to our view uh, that it's possible that the Fed uh, stops hiking rates, so we don't have any additional rate hikes. At the same time, we have to acknowledge uh, the hawkish comments coming from Fed officials. Uh, let's see what Jerome Powell will here deliver. Uh, so there is uh, indeed a, a high, high risk uh, that the Fed is doing too much in terms of slowing the economy, terms of slowing the inflation. Uh, and obviously, the next data point to look at if uh, really the Fed can entirely refrain from additional rate hikes is the inflation print uh, later this uh, week. Uh, probably as, an outlook, as a brief outlook uh, on this inflation print, um, the chances are quite good uh, that on a month-on-month basis, prices will not increase, so zero uh, from a month-on-month basis. And that would bring down actually also the yearly inflation numbers quite a bit. Uh, and uh, of course, the shorter term numbers, the shorter term dynamics uh, would be even lower. Uh, let's see uh, if this can really convince the Fed from uh, not doing too much here on the interest rate front and slowing the economy than too much uh, going forward. It's a little bit different uh, when we look at the uh, assessment in the uh, Eurozone. Uh, here, uh, inflation data had been the major data point. Uh, which was driving expectations or which is still driving expectations uh, what the ECB will do uh, in the come, upcoming uh, meeting. Uh, well, the starting point for the ECB is, of course, uh, they can do more work. Uh, so uh, interest rates are lower. Uh, the uh, interest rates normalization is not as advanced uh, as in the U.S. So there is room uh, to increase rates here further. So we think another rate cut uh, is uh, very, very likely. Uh, the discussion is uh, between uh, 50 basis points and 25 basis points. We lean rather uh, to the more cautious approach of 25 uh, basis points. And the inflation numbers uh, published last week, uh, they indeed uh, confirm that uh, lots of inflation pressure is actually easing. 
are in the eurozone. In contrast to the U.S., here the inflation pressure is largely driven by the energy price components, also slightly by food. Uh, so components which are out of the control uh, of the central bank. They have not so much to do with easy or tight monetary policy. Uh, and here we have seen the big, big uh, slowdown in the energy price component, which was driving then the overall inflation from roughly like 10% to 9%. Uh, so that's the, the headline level. On a monthly basis, there had been a, a decline, a sharp decline uh, of the inflation dynamics, of the price dynamics, uh, entirely driven by the, by the energy component. Um, bottom line is here, uh, there's more uh, time to pass before inflation reaches really these levels uh, which are uh, in line with what the central bank will reach. Uh, and uh, putting this together uh, with the lower starting point of, uh, of the European Central Bank when it comes to the level of interest rates, uh, we think uh, there's much, much more likely uh, that rates will increase here further in the Eurozone. We are just approaching here a neutral level, uh, depending a bit of what calculation you use. Uh, and therefore, we think uh, more rates are coming in the euro. Rate hikes are coming in the eurozone, uh, not so much in the US. And with that, uh, back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, David. Good to get your thoughts here. And Irini, great that you could join us today as well. We all saw the reports of the riots in Brazil on Sunday. What's your take on what's going on there? And then specifically, what do you make of it from a fixed income point of view? Good morning, Helen. Yes, thousands of supporters of Brazilian ex-president Bolsonaro stormed Congress, the presidential palace and the top court in Brasilia on Sunday, attacking journalists and police officers and vandalizing historic buildings. Rioters roamed freely for about three hours before being cleared by the military police, and it took another four hours or so for the area to become completely free of attackers. Ever since President Lula won a tightly contested runoff election on 30th of, of October, many Bolsonaro supporters have been pleading with the military to step in, blocked federal highways to curb the economy, attempted to enter the headquarters of the federal police in Brasilia, and most recently, on Christmas Eve, a bomb was planted at Brasilia International Airport. Sunday's riot was the worst attack on Brazil's key institutions since the end of the military dictatorship and the return to democracy in the 1980s and shows how deeply divided Brazil is. 1,500 people have been detained so far and Brasilia remains under a state of emergency until the end of January. Moreover, top court justice Moraes ordered the federal district governor Rosa to be removed from office for 90 days while his responsibility in the security breach is being investigated. The riot, which was condemned by the international community, comes on top of the obvious lack of coordination among Lula's ministers since the new administration took over on 1st of January, with reversal of past reforms being first suggested and then soon after being denied, and also the president extending federal tax cuts on fuel prices, openly opposing his finance minister who was against the measure, thus showing the strong position of Lula on key economic policies, despite the high-profile ministers he himself has appointed. Foreign investors had been more optimistic about Brazilian assets than locals who had reduced the exposure in recent months, and we have seen the Brazilian sovereign yield curve in local currency shifting upwards since the second round. Given the strong international media coverage of the riot, we expect foreign investors to also reduce their optimism somewhat. The talks about reform reversal is just noise, as leftist parties do not hold the required majority in Congress for the proposals to go through. 
The focus for investors remains on Brazil's macroeconomic issues, especially on the formation of Brazil's new fiscal framework, including the replacement of the spending cap, which can be expected in the coming months. We expect Brazilian equities to gain positive momentum on the back of attractive valuations and dividends and improved earnings outlooks, while China's reopening and the peak in US dollar strength will also benefit Brazilian debt. We acknowledge that Brazilian assets will remain volatile in the short term until we have more visibility on Brazil's fiscal trajectory, but we do not expect the latest events in Brazil to spill over to other emerging markets and with us keep our overweight on emerging market hard currency debt. With this, I hand back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, Irene. A helpful summary. And that's all for today. So thank you to our speakers this morning and thank you everybody for tuning in. Do join us again tomorrow and have a great day. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. True Connections is a monthly podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs across the globe. We delve into the details of how they started their careers, their journeys in building businesses, and hear about some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Search for True Connections on your favourite podcast player.